we put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Hey, welcome to the Fly Racing Swap Moto Podcast. Um, it's Don Maeda here. I'm with Jeremy McGrath and Chris. Chris, what's, what's your up, last what's name? Up? Uh, I go Chris by Meyer. No Meyer. S. Meyer. No S. Chris Meyer from Max's Tire. The three of us are in Whistler, Canada right now. And uh, we're here for the Crankworks Mountain Bike Festival. But uh, I had some interesting conversations with Chris earlier today. And I thought, man, we need to bring people up to date. Uh, in motocross about what the Maxxis brand is up to. So, um, you know, it, it's been around for quite some time, Maxxis, and I think the image has completely changed, and there's some new technology and some new products and some new associations with uh, Mr. McGrath it's here. It's not that new. I mean, come on, we've been working on this thing for, like, what, five years now? Yeah, three, five, something like that, you know. Yeah. We yeah. get it just right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... Man, uh, I know that Jeremy's association comes from his truck racing right. over there, but, I mean, how exciting is it for you guys to uh, work with the legend? Oh, dude, it's, I mean, it's it's awesome. And and the fact that it kind of came about so organically uh, from our truck racing heritage and, and, and the performance that we offer in that arena, and then just kind of spilling over into him becoming a, a brand ambassador for all of the things that we're involved in, whether it's, you know, bikes, trucks, his commuter vehicles. Side-by-sides. The side-by-sides. Mm -hmm. And then really helping us refocus on a, a segment of the moto world that we really hadn't given good focus and spent R&D dollars on in a long time in the moto community. So um, gleaning on his knowledge and, and testing skill has been great and and you know the engineers have really been able to leverage that into putting together a really competitive product mm -hmm. this morning we were talking and uh we we're talking about how like maxis is like widely regarded as the best mountain bike tire right right in your wall you said well the brand has focused on that yep and so they developed that product and brought up this level and now the focus on motocross tires is something more recent right so Jared, what did you think when, uh, like, did you ever run a, a tire that you didn't work on with Maxxis? And what did you think of well, it? Well, you know, the the funny thing is, there's in the moto world today, right? So we're, we still deal with some of the stigma from the old Maxxis moto tires, right? Some yeah, GNCC, right. you know, hard stuff that guys were using for desert and off-road races and stuff like that. <clears throat> Die hard I, fans of, too. Of course, yeah. I mean, they're Maxxis for life, right? right. But, but, which is awesome, but what you know what we're trying to do with the new generation and and since i've been involved and you know like chris said what's been so cool is like we started out as a truck sponsor working together doing doing truck stuff racing lucas series racing uh, pro 2 and and i mean that tire is like second to none right so we we're winning races and uh, and and honestly in the beginning i chose that tire because i wanted to win races right, right? right. so for me it was no, a no-brainer so and what we started doing with moto was 
you know, that was kind of an icing on the cake thing. Yeah. Obviously, um, I was more than happy to want to do it because that's kind of my, that's what my bread and butter has been, right? Riding mm-hmm. dirt bikes. So, uh, so when we started developing the motocross tire, you know, and, and we've, I mean, look, I, I can say what I want to say till I'm blue in the face, but the, the guys engineering the tire, the feedback, they have to really want to do it. Right. Yeah. So right. when Max has decided they wanted to get in gear and really focus on that like they've done in mountain bikes like they've done in road bikes like they've done on truck tires and you know once they put their mind to it Mm -hmm. we now have a really really unbelievable tire Mm -hmm. and we have two different versions at this point now there's becoming you know amateur and mini bike tires and stuff like that so we we really have like a you know catalog of tire which is amazing so Mm -hmm. um you know what i guess what what I'm most proud of is we've done a good job. Max has done a good job. We've all done a lot of teamwork here together and, and we have an awesome tire. Uh, so now it's just about getting the message out. Yep. You know, definitely. Hey, what is the, uh, process for developing a tire? I mean, do you look at, there's all probably obviously tread patterns and knob heights and stuff that formula for certain terrain conditions and stuff, but then the other variables are compound, right? And dual compound, do you, or is right stuff like that. Um, but is that what, there's what? the casing? There's go ahead. Yes, but I mean, so would you come up with a prototype and bring it to Jeremy, or did you? Is your input all testing and feel, or would you say, hey, make these knobs more? Well, I think out? what uh, I, I think what you know. Look, Maxis has all the experience with all the tires, right? So. Yeah everyone sort of, if, if you had no clue of what you're going to make for a tire, you kind of know what you would want to start with roughly, right? Because yeah. you've seen what everyone else does. Right. So you kind of make something like that. Obviously they have the knowledge and experience on sidewall and casings and compliance and, and what style rubber and how soft it needs to be or how hard it needs to be. And then tread pattern is something we sort of all agree on after making test tires, right? Cause you want to get the feel that you want once you have the right feel the right compliant when hitting bumps and braking and stuff like that uh you know then then we talk we talk tread patterns right. we talk tread pattern uh we talk knobby height mm-hmm. we talk density of the rubber and so there's a lot of things we talk about but initially i think w- when we started we it's like probably bring 10 tires at first yeah run them for a while we take notes i mean just like we're taking notes like a school test and Everyone circles back. They go back, take all the information, come out with another ten tires, mm-hmm. or whatever. So we, you do that for how oh, long? Well, I mean, until you. So for us, like the initial part of the development process is basically listing out. Hey, we want to develop a new product, and then you've got to kind of prioritize what's important because you know you can't have a tire that lasts forever and is the grippiest, best tire. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, we'd, we'd be better served to go unicorn hunting than to produce that tire. Like, <laughs> right. you know, it's not possible. So you got a list like, you know, we want uh, straight line acceleration, very important, lean angle grip, very important, you know, and you've got to rank those in order. And then you hand that to the engineers. You, you say, here's, here's your benchmarks. This is what is dominating the market right now. Mm-hmm. And they come back with tread patterns. And you start working through specs, and that's, you know, Jeremy's 
seen drawings and said, hey, you know, I don't think this is going to work. This could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you actually get a real tangible spec to try or a set of specs. And then you have, you know, a benchmark goal that you're testing against that you want to produce a product that is better than that benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and you won't, we won't typically move a production forwards until we have produced a spec that consistently beats whatever we've defined the benchmark to be, whether it be, you know, uh, um, a previous generation tire for us or mm-hmm. a competitor. Mm-hmm. Hey, in testing, is it just all feel or do you do like lap times, I mean, segment times or anything? You know, tires and breakdown of track and testing in different environments yeah. make it somewhat dip- difficult to really rely on on lap times solely so a lot of it really is and also tires are very um that's why we feel jeremy's input is so valuable because he is such a good tester Mm -hmm. they can kind of we feel confident that his feedback isn't going to be um it will actually be feedback related to the performance of the tire not not on lap times right yeah yeah so uh it's funny that you brought that up um Jeremy about you're evaluating and you're testing and you're looking for ideal performance and acceleration, lean angle, braking, but also compliance. Right. right? Yep. Right. It's because, a huge deal. Yep. I mean, yeah. it really is. I mean, you you can make a really awesome tire that hooks up on acceleration, super good, but coming in the corners, you can't keep the bike in line. I mean, the thing, <laughs> you know, the sidewalls not collapsing, you, you know, but then on, on the other hand, you can also make a tire that's too soft too compliant it's wallowing all over the place and you find that a lot with test tires in the front so you know depending on which rider you're riding with obviously you know years of experience has really helped me when it comes to testing and i pride myself on being a great tester Mm -hmm. because i think i have a really good feel uh but at the end of the day you know like chris said it's not really based on lap times because you know as well as i know if you you go out there with a tire that's you're confident with your lap time is going to be better anyway yeah Right. So we, you know, at the end of the, you know, at the later stages of some of these tests, we have three or four or five tires that look exactly the same. They're all built a little bit different and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and then you start trying them. So when you're going down for that finite tire that you want to pull the right. trigger on production style, yeah. you know, that's when it becomes uh, a little more, uh, you know, you, you go, you know, you're, you're, narrowing down the gap on some of the test things mm-hmm. you do but uh it, it's a great process i mean it's really fun and and it really keeps you on your toes and you you, you know you're learning you're learning a lot it's it's, super, it's really a cool experience yeah so let me ask you this <clears throat> both of you guys when you're coming down towards the end right and you've got like one that's harder and one that's softer do you tell him and do, do you know which one you're riding is it just total blind taste test yeah, it's blind. It's all blind. Is, yeah. Does yep. it blow you away with his uh, ability to, to say, oh, this one is softer, this I one's harder? You know, he's the king. Like, we expect <laughs> well, look, I mean, look, I have a lot of experience with <laughs> that. But, yeah. I mean, I do miss sometimes too, uh-huh. right? I mean, when we're coming down to have an, a tire that's getting closer to production, yeah. there's very, very minute, you know, changes, like super small. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes – well, I think it's important yeah. that Jeremy's not scared to go, I don't feel a difference. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. that's important, too. Yeah. Because if there's no difference, then, you know, 
we need to go a different direction or, or maybe what we're, what we're fishing or hunting, uh, and changing is not the direction we need to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, um, Edison, you know, talking about light bulb, like every time I, I did one that was wrong, like, okay, well I can scratch that off the list. I don't have to chase that anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, just knowing that something you're working on isn't taking the turn in the right direction is important too. It well, takes and it also the there's, list, so. and also there's always two ways to get to the finish line. Yep. You, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't have it, you know, some builds can be slightly different and feel the same. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not necessarily true that you build things differently and they end up different, you know? Hey, is one tire harder than the other to develop front versus rear or is it the tire is a tire? It's funny. That would be a good question to ask the engineers. Um, I, but I think we would all agree that the front is the one that everyone is more picky. You need to trust your front tire. Right. And you, yeah, exactly. So it's, there are certain characteristics of a rear tire. I think on the durability and life, mm-hmm. the length of, of uh, use usability you get out of a tire, the rear is, that's what you're really, that's the hard part to get right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the front, getting the feel and compliance at the right level is yeah, probably think, the bigger challenge. I think the faster rider you get, the front's going to be more. Right. You know, you're going to get more more response out of a guy trying to develop a front tire mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's at a higher level. Because, mm-hmm. you know, slower riders or, you know, mediocre riders, whatever, typically don't. They're not using the brakes as hard. They're not leaning on the front. They're not asking as much from the tire. Yeah. Where you know, those, those same riders ask a lot of a rear tire. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's all rider preference, but I think as it goes, the faster the rider, the harder it's developed, harder it would be to develop front tire. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was telling Chris at breakfast this morning about <clears throat> like a blind taste test tire shootout that we did once. And, uh, two of our guys were like, this is my favorite. This is the best rear tire. This has to be brand X. And it's like, Oh no, those are maxes, <laughs> you know? So, um, for me personally, in that tire test, all the rears, as long as they had a bitch and edge on them, I was like, Oh yeah, this tire is <laughs> good. I could tell, I could always tell the bridge down though. Cause they were squishy, like softer, really? but, but as long as the rear tire was new, I was like, okay, it's great. But the front tire, I could always tell what I liked and didn't like. And see, it's funny for me because I, I have two, there's two characteristics that I, you know, put a lot of pressure on the tire manufacturer to, to make sure is right in front tire. It's braking stability, right? Mm-hmm. So it's how much compliance, how much roll you're going to get out of the front tire. If you're giving it, you're coming in hot and you're put, put using hard, hard front brake. Right. So for me, front end stability, front tire stability is, is key rear is it, out of a corner on acceleration bumps Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of tires that will come out of the corner good, but they beat the crap out of you. (laughs) Right. And, and one of the things I love so much about that MXST is that thing rips out of corners and it's so compliant through the bumps. Like you don't even feel it. So like, that's always been one of my favorite things about that tire. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it really, it just makes the things feel so smooth. So is that a sidewall thing then? Yeah, it's Car- going to be carcass? compliance. Yeah, it's carcass yeah. stuff. And we get, you know, not just Jeremy has, has commented on that aspect of the tire. I mean, we've got a lot of guys that have really noticed that it does that really well. So, 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's the funny thing about tires is, you know, like he mentioned earlier, you may have four different specs and it's mm -hmm. all the same tread pattern and the tire feels completely different. Mm -hmm. So whether it's, you know, uh, a variation in compound and, you know, there's different compounds in different parts of a tire and some of them make the sidewall stiffer. Some of them, you know, have more to do with the, the knob flex, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then you have the whole casing construction of the tire internally that you can't even see. So not that tread pattern doesn't matter. It's just that because it's all a consumer can see, it's all, a lot of times, you know, all they can really measure on. Yeah. When there's so much more that goes into a tire that really affects what they feel on the track versus the actual tread pattern. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious. Is the construction of the different tire sizes completely different or is it just scaled down smaller but like do you have to make the sidewalls of like a a 100 rear tire more compliant than a 120 is so or is what it you, just a, uh, like a percentage like structural so you're amount. looking for the same characteristic yeah. out of the final tire and you know the engineers again could speak better to what the actual physical if you could get them to speak which you can't um <laughs> yeah. They, yeah they'd have to but, kill you yeah yeah they would yeah they'd, you'd be aced out yeah but uh but i know we with the mxst in particular it's it is very hard to take all of the tech that's in a full-size bike tire and shrink it down into a 10 inch or 12 inch or even a 14 inch yeah. tire but we uh took a lot of extra time it's been some of the delay in getting the smaller sizes out mm -hmm. which are finally going to be landing uh, this fall um we took a, a a lot of extra time to make sure that not only the same compound was used but basically the same casing bead mm -hmm. apex everything you are getting a 10 inch mxst developed by the king Mm -hmm. so you know which is pretty so cool is jeremy riding around on ktm 50s <coughs> I mean, and stuff you know, well, you know. <laughs> we got on the 110 we, we, the yeah. klx yeah. 110. KLX 110. Yeah. yeah yeah so uh, you know axel and jeremy shredding We're on doing KLX wheelies, wheelie town yeah <laughs> Checking right. durability, street wheelies. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're actually really proud of that because it's not not every mini bike tire out there is a direct, you know, replica of the yeah. full yeah. full size tire. Cool. Is uh, is the new tire out? There's the the first one that we rode at Mammoth last year, and then there's a newer, like a harder pack one. So we, that new the IH. And um, a newer version of the uh, SI are not out yet. Okay. So they're they're still in development. So as of right now, there are two tires developed by Jeremy that so are So there's the there's the ST. Um, that's which, what I have on my bike. Correct. That's the set. Yeah. Um, and then we have a hard terrain and version. 120. Yeah, 110, 120, yeah. 18, and then a full complement of uh, smaller bike sizes as well are now rolling out. Um, and then and we've done a lot of riding with the new tire. We've yeah, done, we've done a lot of riding with that, so that's it's it's developed and working its way to the surface here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so but it'll 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 be a little bit before we see that one. We give the ST some room to breathe mm -hmm. and make sure that you know when the next generation comes out. Shouldn't these um, tires instead of being called ST being called MCs? All right, you know it doesn't <laughs> work on that tires because then it's motorcycle. It's not MC yeah. like me. It's just MC like. Yeah. It'd be the Maxxis MC. That's just like, oh, it's a Maxxis motorcycle tire. 
It's so funny so. When, when naming tires, like the amount of time and thought that goes into naming tires and then what people end up calling them is like yeah. nowhere close to what was envisioned. <laughs> Back in yeah. the meeting room, you're like, what? They call it what? No, that was not. That was not. Yeah. It's funny because in mountain bike, the mountain bike world, there are names for the tires. Right. Yeah. 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 Moto, there, we've never had like a, just a moto tire named yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like you don't just, you don't the do destroyer. that. Always, yeah, the destroyer. <laughs> you the don't ever you don't do that yeah. with moto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In mountain bike, I guess maybe just probably because the variety of tire with mountain bike, you have so much more variety. Yeah. Maybe there's so you kind of have to you, name them. It's like it's like having one of your favorite bike. You know, like oh here's Black Betty. Yeah, but I think know, it, or whatever it is. <laughs> Black Betty. Jammin Jeremy. My, yeah, yeah my, I've, my, side by side worlds like that. I mean, you know, yeah, we've, I guess we've it got is. we've got Carnivore, we've got Rampage, um, we've got uh, oh dude, uh, Rockzilla, Bighorn, Big you know, just a bunch of yeah, they're all named, you know. Yeah, yeah. we're coming out. Why with don't a we do that? Moto, that's kind of cool. Should we? Should we yeah, just start? I think, we, I think it'd be cool. Just get get away from the whole you know, shot. It's just kind of the market trend the, in moto. Yeah. I know, but why are we following? We're leading. The scrubber, the whole shotter, the scrubber, rooster. We just call it Showtime. Yeah, yeah. All right, we can start there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, let's take a quick break to uh, hear a couple commercials, but we will be back. Hey, SWAT Moto listeners, this is Zach Osborne, rider for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team. I love my FC450 race bike, but I also love the FC350. It has the handling of a 250 and the power of a 450, making it the perfect bike for both professional and amateur riders. Right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is giving SWAT Moto listeners 1,500 reasons to get a brand new FC350. Hurry into your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to find out more on the limited time offers available to get you on the track today. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the SWAT Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer, and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer, and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So. Head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, 
we become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. Hey, welcome back to the Fly Racing Swap Motor Podcast here with Jerry McGrath and Chris Meyer from Max's Tires. And we were joking around while the commercials were running about some various things. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you, why don't they ever make motocross tires tubeless like a mountain bike tire? Um, you know, could, could it be done? There's other manufacturers that have gotten close in the past. Uh, you know, we've d- Supermoto's done it in the past. Tubeless, like... The same type of system as a mountain bike with fl- liquid rubber inside, or basically, um, you know, it's funny. You with, don't have with to have liquid rubber to make them tubeless. Yeah, I guess. I not. mean, you street could, bike you could just sealant. Yeah, yeah. You know, just a little sealant in there. You know, we talked about doing something like that for Axel for the jump that mm-hmm. he was attempting. Um, just because uh, of the hard landings. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the issue was for right. him. You know, you got. You got rim locks, so the amount of weight it takes to balance that thing, right. so oh, it, it rides right. smooth at 100 miles an hour. So we're like, what if we take the rim locks out, tape the tire, and then if he lands and it spins or he burps it a little bit, like it's not yeah, as right. big a deal. Um, we ran out of time to really test it, but you could have th- got the old tires, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would have held up for sure. <laughs> uh, I think it's more. Um, the moto industry is somewhat resistant to some of those types of mm-hmm. changes. Um, it would be pretty expensive yeah. to install. I mean, it would be rad. I mean, you the bike would feel It'd completely different. You'd yeah. drop a, a pound and a half at least yeah. out of each wheel mm-hmm. right there. Like that would be the Rotating bike would feel mass. completely yeah. different. Totally. So, you know, maybe we'll get there one day. But wouldn't the – wouldn't – if – if Max has decided to do that, wouldn't the OEMs have to change the wheels from there? It was, so, I yeah. mean, so all OEM wheels, yeah. So they're they're probably resistant due to that it's, fact. It's right? both directions, I would say. Yeah, it's not a it's not a quick. It would have to be something that you would develop for like super high end in a really niche area, mm-hmm. but where it would be beneficial. Would it be harder to create something tubeless that only runs on twelve psi? I mean, that's part of the issue. Yeah, for sure. Is you know. Holding that, I I think you could do it. You would just end up with a tire that would be really difficult to hand mount. <laughs> you know, yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I I mean I know other manufacturers have come pretty close and and went pretty far down the path of testing it in the past. What do they run? I don't know if you have, you guys have any experience with this, but like in trials tires, you know how those things are like they're darn near flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Riding them. So are those like are th- those have tubes in them? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, yeah, they no, do. They're, they're but. They're actually tubeless. When I rode trousers, they're tubeless because... Oh, were they? Because they squat your, so hard. Yeah, in your stuff. fanny pack, you'd carry around a plug kit. Yep. Mm, for and, and if you got a flat, stick a plug yeah. in it. Huh. It was crazy. Because you, you couldn't possibly run a 
inner tube at those low pressures because it would it wouldn't really yeah you just pinch it that's a valid point so it's it's done on that type of bike but yeah yeah low pressure the speed i mean it you know when you think about the speeds and the impacts that you get on a moto bike on a track on a smooth day and the tire spinning burping that's kind of where the the issue is is finding that balance it could be done there's just not enough demand for it mm-hmm. to spin the R&D on it, I think, is what most tire manufacturers would, they would tell have you. To have, do you think they would have to have like some sort of bead locking system, though, kind of like a truck? Yeah, like a race something truck like that. To hold it so would, it wouldn't – because you know, the amount of G-force and pressure you can put on a moto from the side angle and the side. whips and the yeah. leaning right. and landings and whatever, it, it – yeah, I would definitely be able to – it would be hard to keep that thing on the beat if it didn't have a lock. And would you yeah. lose all your weight savings then? Yeah. Anyway, so. Right, so maybe the, yeah, the benefits are – take some development. Yeah. I mean, some of the beauty of dirt bikes is like this – although they're complex, they're still pretty simple. And a lot of guys wrench on them themselves. And that's and, and kind you of – set your shock with a hammer and punch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. have fuel injection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, if you get them too high tech, you can't do anything yourself. Well, can you it imagine having a tire with a bead lock? <laughs> You're like, man, I got to change my tire. Yeah. I'll see you guys. 43 I'll see, volts. I'll see you Tuesday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That'd be pretty gnarly. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jared, was, uh, is there any difference between tire performance? Like, is it more critical or less on a two-stroke versus four-stroke because i mean you raced both eras yeah i don't i don't think you know it's all all relative i don't think it's any less or more you know when you're committed to winning it's it's not about the size of the bike or whatever it's just look those are the details you have to look into yeah um we did it you know i did a ton of testing with tires forever Mm -hmm. for a lot of years and uh, it's no different now we're riding 450 so when we're develop developing these tires there's we're putting a lot of hours in a lot of time a lot of different types of tracks different types of dirt mm-hmm. and and it's you know same process yeah. there's no getting around it hey chris what where is the tire out faster <laughs> is there a difference? hard pack uh you know everyone rides basically a soft terrain tread pattern now that mm-hmm. everyone has all of a sudden decided they're going to call a soft tender immediate train tire because mm-hmm. they get ridden on a lot of hard pack um so you know heavy braking heavy acceleration on a harder surface definitely yeah. is gonna is gonna do the number you know yeah. you know what i was just thinking about is uh back in the day like when i was raising ascot and stuff yeah I would. You would love to have an MXST Ascot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might so last one moto only, but it <laughs> would work good. But I mean, yeah. I used to uh, have a tire. I'd put it on for the races. I'd race Friday night, and then Saturday morning, I'd take it off and put some beater tire on because that was like the era. Remember the era of like the the late 80s, early 90s when there's no legal place to practice. You can only race. Yeah. So we all had to ride at those pirate tracks in the hills that were yeah, beat yeah, yeah. down and yeah, shitty. Yeah, it didn't matter if you had a good tire or not. Yeah, then. so I would right. I would change tire twice a week, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 right. Because, well, you know, that was that was also back when the riders didn't complain about dust and they didn't care if there was rocks on the track because 
man, we were getting it right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you go to the track and you hear everyone complaining, eh, it's not ripped up enough, it's not prepped, it's not watered. They're watering while I'm riding. It's like, <laughs> Did you see Sleater's Instagram story tonight? I didn't see uh-uh. that. Oh, he's bitching about Paris. It wasn't watered <laughs> enough. He was run- pictures of people going through turns and dust coming up. <laughs> see? Just speaking of that, you know. Yeah. We've all, gotten, we've all gotten Sleater's spoiled. Sleater's the man. Sleet, including Sleater, we've all gotten <laughs> spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that was funny back in those days. I mean, I remember riding kinda... college track in San Bernardino. Me and Lamson, like we're like top of the top at that time. We're both national champs, supercross, whatever. And we're riding this track. The thing's like four feet wide. It's got boulders the size of my motorcycle, like the front wheel. Yeah. And there's rattlesnakes all over this thing. It's 110 <laughs> degrees, and the box van's like a mile away. But we got this track. It feels like we're riding GNCC race. Yeah. <laughs> but we're yeah. doing motos on this thing. And, uh, you know, we would just blast out two 40-minute motos on this track. It was like if we went off the track, it was like we were going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. And uh, – you know, we were so pumped because it was like the roughest track we could find. Yeah. If you rode motos there and you went home, you were like, "Yes, I'm the man. I yeah. did something." Did yeah, you ever if ride? You survived it. <laughs> yeah. Did you thing. ever ride Central? Oh yeah, yeah. That place up was right horrible. There. Oh, dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. Oh yeah. We could go on and on about crazy tracks back then, especially <laughs> in California, because you had to go. You know, you had to go out in the middle of BFE to figure out where to ride. Yeah. You know. When Southwick came around, we'd go down to Palm Desert and ride down there, Jackson Street, I think it was called, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Phil Lawrence had some tracks down there. I mean, there was every every guy had their certain little few little, little tracks yeah. that you could show up at, and, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was yeah it was it, the water. Even if you got a little water, it's way better than what we had a long time yeah. ago. I just remember if it rained, we we're like, oh, it rained. Well, remember seeing the tracks of like Ricky Johnson, all those guys riding Palm Avenue back down yeah. there. It looked like they were riding on the street. Yeah. Totally. Made Carlsbad look like it was loamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah. Hey, hey, Chris, tell me a little bit more about the uh, the Axel Hodges uh, Evil 2 project. I mean, you were telling me at breakfast that he wasn't even running a motocross tire on the rear, right? No, we uh, we ended up putting a dirt track tire on his, on his rear tire. So DTR1 on the rear with a uh, Desert IT knobby on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly that, for speed to get to get that bike to do, we were shooting for a top speed of about 115. Yeah, which is pretty gnarly. <laughs> so the that that tire, I mean, jumping with the dirt track tire has to weigh more, right? Not necessarily. Really? I mean, doesn't have knobs. It's a, it's about the same weight as a 120. Yeah. Um, knobby rear. So it's a pretty. Here's a question: How much? mile per hour would you gain from the knobby to that it was about six no kidding because we we got to and don't quote me on this but yeah. it was somewhere around 106 104 106 he got on knobbies yeah and we wanted to get you know their initial target was 110 off the ramp 110 off the ramp that's all this is 110 that's pretty I mean, broad yeah Okay, um, you've known cool Axel. 110. I've known Axel since he's since like he was five little, years right? old. Yeah. Like now to see him doing that stuff, where you yeah, just like, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's he's he's so much younger than me. I've known him since he's a little kid, but now he's a man. Yeah. And yep. he's he, you know he's stepping up to the plate and doing these big jumps and I mean incredible rider. So I mean, I, would I ever uh, would I have ever imagined that he's going to do something like this? No. But I wouldn't have imagined he's jumping. 200 foot gaps out of my ranch either you know the guy's he's jumping big stuff with ease yeah and it's making it look 
flawless. So yeah. and now uh, he's flipping flawlessly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you you always it always evolves into something until right. it doesn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and you know, unfortunately, he had a little slip up on in practice before the evil live two event, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know he'll he's back on the horse. He's starting to ride again, and we'll we'll see how it goes. He, I think he's going to try and attempt the thing again at some point here. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. He'll get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no he doubt. was already in practice going super close. So he was. Yeah. He, so he must. You guys must have found hundred. He was hit hundred ten. Hundred. Yeah. I, I hundred eleven off the ramp. I, I mean, I think they went closer. The goal. I mean, he can't go off a hundred percent matted. Right. right, he needs a little bit of cushion. So they were looking he needs at like to check up a little bit. Right, yeah, you want a little right. bit, a uh, little control in the air. Right. So yeah, if he's yeah. if his wheel's spinning as fast as it'll go, <laughs> that's probably not a good right because he doesn't have combo. any. Can't fix yeah. it. But Which is what happened to him when he somewhat he kind of adjusted the a wind kind of came up over him. I mean, he said he pulled up a little bit harder, and then he, the wind was yeah, a little and bit then kinda. that combined with the wind just kind of like he turned into a human kite. slash motorcycle kite. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. End well. Actually, it ended what, really well for going that really far well. that I mean, fast. Yeah, yeah right. But yeah. I, I can't like, imagine what it felt like for him to think, oh, shit. Dude, you know <laughs> you sailed I, the I landing been, before and I, your heart goes I, into it. You're like, oh, God, like this is going to hurt. Yeah, but his landing must have looked but, like it's a mile yeah. long, right? Yeah. And then come the up thing, on you like that. Yeah, but here's the thing. He, he must have goes like, oh, no problem. I'm just, you know, I'm starting to go high. But then when you can't stop it, he must have been really like, whoa, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And – you know, as much time as you think you might have to think about that when you're flying almost nearly 400 feet or whatever, <laughs> it's still, you know, it's happening like that Yeah. to be able to react. And he did a good job. I mean, he kind of looped it and landed the way he did. You saw the gnarly photo of his feet yeah. being bent backwards, yeah. which was crazy. But um, I guess all things, you know, said and done, he got off pretty easy on that one. Hey, what, this, this popped in my head. You guys had the Maxis, like – unveiling to the press mm-hmm. two years ago at mammoth right and at that time you only had a 110 available right and our our guy pat foster went up there and i remember you're yeah you can race with the 110 on your on your 450 it's good and he said he ripped a whole shot in his vet race and stuff <laughs> and he was like holy cow you don't need a 120 on the bike i mean yeah you know it's funny because like i see sometimes like the factory 250f guys and they're running 120s and you know how much does a 120 really matter on a 450 and what conditions? And does a 110? I, w- I imagine a 110 allows you to turn, tip into the corners a little bit nicer, right? Yeah, I think so. It's just more agile, right? And then probably there's some weight savings to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and then, you know, if you're in super deep, loamy dirt, you you know, obviously the 120 probably hook up a little bit better. But uh, when we started running the 110, I wasn't going, man, when's the 120 coming? Yeah. Right. I was, I'm so stoked on that tire. And I was like trying to shout to the whole world, like, you guys need to try this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? But there's some guys that are like, oh, I'm not running a 110. I, I, I need a 120. I'm like, well, dude, you can't even ride your bike half speed. <laughs> so what are you worried like, about? Does it even matter? So, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's funny trying to get, you know, we have this giant Maxxis wheel, right? That we've been trying to get turning and make some, you know, some, some revolution with this thing and gain yeah. some, some momentum. speed and momentum, and uh, we're, we're now seeing the benefits of that. Yep. And mm-hmm. the MXST's out, and the, you know some of these other tires are coming out now. But you know it's finally catching on. So, like Foster, he was stoked, and yeah. I mean we had what we had six guys or something that 
Oh yeah, we time, ripped. We ripped. We had a lot of hole shots. Out of game. like ten or twelve available hole shots, I think we pulled eight or nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was epic. That was a good intro to the. To yeah, the and, then, and then this year, you and Pat were one and two off the line a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah, yeah. He was running maxes too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, um, when you're uh, in your truck racing, mm-hmm. do you have to replace the tires like every race, like every heat race, or or do you do you run a more than one event even? So when we were running the project tire, which is two years ago, they have a you can run a special race spec. Mm-hmm. The tires were uh, pretty soft compound, right? So we would run a set of tire. We would run a we'd put a new set on, mm-hmm. qualify, which is four laps. <clears throat> And then for the race, we'd turn them around, right? Oh, so really? we'd just spin them around so the knobbies are fresh on the one side yeah. and race with them, and then the next day we'd get a new tire. Okay. Um, now the they did a spec rule, so right where we have the Razor MTs on the Pro 2 mm-hmm. and Bighorns on the front for the steering because they're a little bit more like a mud terrain. Mm-hmm. So we have Bighorns on the front, Razor MT on the back, and uh, – I don't honestly don't think I haven't raced with them yet, but we got a race in two weeks. Cranon, it's gonna, I'm excited about it. But I don't, I don't think you need to change tires like we, you know, like you did before. I just don't. Right. I just, the Razor MTs. We did some testing the other day, and I ripped like a whole bunch of laps, and the thing looks super good. So, mm-hmm. I think I mean it's the DOT versus a race, a special race right, spec right. hand cut tire. Right, which so. is awesome because now it's gonna save a bunch of money. Right, the project tire costs a lot of money to build, and it's a special tire. You can't even run it on the street. So now we're on a, you know, we're on a DOT tire, mm-hmm. and uh, anyone can get them. Yep. Whatever I'm running, someone else can have, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, you know, evens the playing field a little bit. Yeah, and it's really cool because we're racing against other brands right. that we're running against their project or their DOT tire too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, a tire that average Joe can go buy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. and, it, and it's rad. Yeah, and it's really cool. And for the Maxis, it's proven to be a really good, really good, good deal. There's yeah. a lot of winning going on. It's cool. Yeah. What is the what makes a tire a DOT tire? And uh, there's a <clears throat> federal motor vehicle safety standards, mm-hmm. um, and there's a certain list of criteria that you have to test to. Um, probably a, a major misconception. People think you know you hear DOT certified that like the DOT is like handled your tire mm-hmm. and like tested it <clears throat> that's not the way it works you self-certify when you place a dot mark on your tire saying mm-hmm. that it's dot certified <clears throat> you're basically self-certifying that you your tire meets or exceeds this set of federal motor vehicle safety standards for light truck or personal car yeah, there's a bunch of different ones <clears throat> what do the standards revolve around like durability so it, i mean it's uh-huh. a all anything you can think of basically there's you know it'll be a lot of it has to do with load mm-hmm. rating capacity speed rating um with under a certain load g-force so, maybe on turning and stuff yeah so like you know when you hear the term like ply rating that's yeah. actually basically referring to a load rating so uh-huh. <clears throat> and ply rating is specific to different um styles of tires so utv side by side or light truck you notice the tire would say lt you know yeah, yeah. 37 12 5 15 or whatever <clears throat> you know and so that lt is really important because there's a list of specifications specifically to be to cert that tire as an lt tire a light truck tire mm-hmm. which is different than so for each tire like light truck versus car 
passenger car versus you know trailer or trailer or so there's yeah. different there's a whole guideline list of, of criteria that you for, need to test yeah. to and be able to replicate and if you were to place that mark on your tire and something god forbid something happened someone purchased that tire and you your tire does not pass those certifications like oh your hose it's you're liable to be yeah big it's going to yeah. be very costly hmm. <laughs> so, big horn I like that name. Bighorn. Bighorn. That's a, that that's a, a legacy. It's a tire. legacy brand for us. Is it? That's a big popular tire. <clears throat> yeah. 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 We've we've won on a ton of championships on the Bighorn, tire. yeah. Well, I'm just starting to think of the <laughs> dirt bike tire names, you know. So Razor, I mean Razor's one that's gone from A T V over to the auto side. R A Z R. Yeah. You know, clever. Clever. Big knob. <laughs> big, the <Yeah>. big knob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's name one the big knob. The big yeah. knob. Big knob. Yeah. Wilson can. That'd be like a hill climbing tire. <laughs> hill climber. The hill yeah. climber. Yeah, the yeah. hill climber. Definitely. Big knob. You name them after all the riders <laughs> along the way. The yeah. dogger. Yeah. Got the bad boy. <laughs> Got the uh, golden boy. The golden boy. Yep. Mm. So, um, so we're here at Whistler, and it's a mountain bike event, and Maxis has a huge presence here. Yeah. And. You look at all the bikes in the lift line, and you see me more Maxis than anything else, I would say. Yeah, I'd say um, we're pretty dominant. Um, yeah, I would say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so uh, are we going to see that same focus from mountain biking directed to the motocross, and we're going to see that same boom in moto world, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, we want to. We want to produce a good product, a competitive product that people are excited about. Mm-hmm. We realize we're racing dirt bikes, we're riding bicycles, ATVs, side-by-sides. So, <clears throat> you know, we want to kick ass and have fun at the same time. Definitely. We take what we do really seriously. We want to produce a really competitive, rad product, but mm-hmm. we also want to have a blast doing what we love at the same time. So Definitely. We think that's possible. Cool. It is. Well, hey, guys. I'm stoked to spend the next few days hanging out with you guys. and it's have be a fun, fun week. Should be pretty doing good. some stuff. Yeah. But, uh, Wait, we got the new Maxxis mountain bike tire just came out. Yeah, we got the new Dissector. The, the Dissector, which we are going to rip tomorrow. Yeah. That's the, Troy Brosnan's new tire. Dissector yeah. as in like <coughs> dissecting the yeah. course? Yeah. yeah. That's mm. it. Exactly. He nailed di- it, Don. He, he, he's going to dissect the course. We're going to ride. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, we'll survive the course. Troy's going to dissect the course. We'll survive the course. He'll dissect Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm looking forward to? Maxxis tires on my mountain bike tomorrow, so That's I gonna don't be good. get flats. That's going to be good for you. got two flats today. You started out the day wrong. The yeah. minions won't fail you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, hey, um, so uh, is it one all-encompassing website, Maxis.com? Maxis.com. Okay. Well, guys, check that out. And uh, give the uh, ST tire a try on your dirt bike. I've ridden it. I like it. And it's amazing. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. That's right. You, you can't doubt the king. That's true. <laughs> Never doubt me. King don't lie. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.